Hello, Scotty. Hello, Mr. Fox. How are you? Now, let me say let me say something right up front. I have one bar of battery. Um, so this may end in tears. Um, I do have another set of batteries on charge, so it depends if I notice the batteries going um, or whether we get through. So this is a this is living life on the edge, oh, just... but it's a known edge, unlike <laughs> an unknown edge. That's yeah, just it's like living life life like me, except for having the decent self awareness to know about it. This is like having a risk after doing a risk assessment as opposed to just being the risk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Scotty, I would take that as a sign from God that we should just then try and and make this fairly quickish. Scotty, what have you done of redeeming value on this funny, sunny, delightful Blur's Day morning? Uh, You know what? I am doing exactly the same as I was doing last week. So there we are. Oh, no. I am still, uh, I am still having to um, work on the Moneywell uh, sort of um, sync system. Uh, I suspect that's going to be uh, um, what I am doing for at least the next six weeks or so. I just almost fell over, got out of my chair there. You wonder why I'm getting out of the chair? I'm going to shut the door to so shut the dog out. Um, but uh, yeah, so I have to say, my my ability this week, I would say, what have I done this week? This was good. My ability this week to separate Objective C and Swift in my brain has improved, hmm. um, and to my ability to mix the code bases has improved, and to know what I'm doing. So generally, I think I am a um, a more rounded and less biased individual. I I'm much more well well rounded these days, but that's just because I'm eating so damn much. That's because your wife makes cooking videos every evening. That's true. Or every morning, whatever it is for you, is every no, it's every evening. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you eat the outcome. So uh, there we go. I oftentimes do. Yeah. I think I think that what I've also been drinking the outcome. That's another problem. You know, it's, they talk about going off to, to college and getting the freshman 15, which is when the first time you can have unlimited food at the cafeterias. And I think people are going to have to talk about the COVID 50. So, well, I think it's, uh, I mean, I think basically this is a sign of, of lockdown. Everything is, apart from uh, socializing with other people, everything is just more of. I find I do more work because I don't have a home office separation one of the reasons i have always um maintained a separate office to my home even even when my office was at my home as it was until a few years ago my office was in my garden or my backyard um in a building and not literally in the yard uh, um and it was you know a couple of steps from my back door to to the office but i had a door and a lock and just the act of whenever i left that you know um that room, you know, 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. or whatever time I left, that was it. I'd left for uh, the day. Um, and you know, I might be sat there watching some TV in the evening or doing something else, and I think, oh, I wonder if... And I think, well, now I've got to get the keys, I've got to unlock, um, and that will be enough to put me off. Whereas, you know, um, my office now, because when I when I got an office in um, a, a different location, it's only a three-minute walk from my house, but when I got an office in a different location, uh, my wife took over uh, what was my office is her art studio, so now I'm at home, I, I am actually in a, a spare bedroom, and I find myself in the evening, I come upstairs to grab something, or actually sometimes even I am coming on my way to bed, you know, it might be midnight, I'm on my way to bed, I pass the office door and I think, oh, I didn't just do that. And then three hours later, I leave the office because I've just been doing stuff for three hours and working on it. So I work more. 
Uh, I'm definitely eating more. Um, that's because equally my wife is cooking more. I mean, you know, she makes cakes and then wonder why they get eaten. Um, <laughs> the nerve. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange world. It's a strange world, isn't it? And, and I'm definitely drinking more. Hmm. Yeah, definitely drinking more. The alcohol content is up. So you you could say it's, um you know, yeah, yeah. There's this all this stuff about everyone doing their morning exercises from some guy on TV leading exercise classes. But I am definitely putting on weight, becoming unhealthier, and um, uh, have my work life balance is is definitely a little bit out of kilter. Other than that, everything sounds great. Other than that, life is bliss. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I have to have been doing some other stuff this week. I'll talk about. It, but let, let, let's enough of me, John. Let's let's move on to you. What 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 have you been up to this week? How have you made the world a better place? I I can actually tell you how uh, I I am making the world a better place. Um, I think I've talked about wanting to support dynamic type in 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 the Netflix app over you know for for some time. Um, and there, there as part of our tech debt week, there were some changes that was made to font specifications, you know, type size in particular, um, and some, some, uh, you know, margins in a bunch of different places and things that would be considered headings. So, um, and I, I had said that, Hey, if we're going to be going there and doing it, this would probably be a good place to, to experiment with supporting dynamic types. So I, for people who don't know, it's basically, it's, it's, it's one of those options that kind of crosses the boundary into what is considered, you know, assistive technology for people who desperately need it versus assistive technology who, for, for whom it, it makes an improvement. Um, and so it's the ability to, to change the, the size of type as that's, as that's displayed. Um, and it was an innovation that, that shipped some time ago, but it got a lot easier to use in, in iOS 11, which is when it really kind of pricked up my ears. Because if you haven't noticed in the the system settings of the preferences app, um, there is a there are, are two settings for for you know display and uh, and text, and it has to do with larger type sizes or just display type sizes. So for regular people, uh, people who don't use any assistive technology. Um, there's a range of types so that if you have very, very good vision, you can set it down to, to kind of the smaller size. So in theory, you could pack more. And if you look on mail messages, it reduces the type size. And if you are, are getting older or your revision is a little bit less good, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm both those counts, uh, you can set it up to a much larger size. And then if you turn on the accessibility options, that's for people with low vision. If you have really, really large type, um, it basically, it, it makes it something that that's, that's, legible versus not at all legible, you know, when you get it to the large sizes. And um, so anyway, uh, supporting it becomes, it's a little bit tricky because you have to think about the design of things. And so if you have a very type dense uh, screen, having to figure out how to make the layout change is a little bit tricky. It's one thing if it's something like, you know, a table view cell where the labels can just be made really, really large and there's not a lot of whole, a lot of text to reflow. Um, and in other places, like our display pages, I'm not quite certain how I would make it work. I honestly don't know. So not wanting to, to kind of be paralyzed by, by the thought of, of either we do it all or we don't do it at all, um, I decided that we could probably just do a test with, with the labels that are done on our Lolomo, which is you know, the main grid uh, that you see in, in the application. And so um, I did a little experiment for it and, you know, supporting the notification. And, and the key difference they made uh, in iOS 11 is adding an API that basically says, give us a font and we'll scale the font for you based on what we know the settings to be. And, and that really made all the difference in the world because we use custom fonts left, right, and center. And all we really, and, and, and all we really want to do is just basically adjust the size for it. Um, and so uh, it, it started to work right away. 
and I was very pleased with myself and it started to work until it started to not work and where it not where it stopped working is in the the number of lines that you could make so for for text labels and text yeah for text labels if you set the number of lines to zero it will basically take as many as needed otherwise you can set a, a number and if you constrain it to a number then you can can if it if that number is one then you can shrink the font. And if it's not, then you're kind of left on your own. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where either you have one line that you'll shrink the type or you'll have multi-lines. And if you have multi-lines and you really want to see everything, there's kind of no substitute other than to, um, no easy substitute other than to, to just basically say, you know, let it take up the number of lines. And, and at first I was thinking, I don't ever want to do that. But in reality, even at smaller sizes, um, in some cases, with really, really long titles, like because you watched some long title, that's a, a not uncommon row name, we would end up having to shrink the type quite a bit, in fact, just to make that fit in one line. In fact, when you can wrap it to two lines, it, it becomes much more legible, even at the the, the regular type size that, that we would use. Um, and so I got that working and that everything was grand. Um, and so I made a little screen movie and it was a little bit clunky. And I said, well, here's a, a, a rough proof of concept. What, a, what do people think? And then a lot of people said, wow, it's really great. I really, you know, that, that we should do this. So then I spent a little bit more time in trying to figure out how to, 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 you know, um, bust some size caches that we have in the collection view so that we only have to kind of reload those sections, uh, to make it more performant, to make sure that we're not breaking our 60 frame per second goal, um, and I, I, I just on the cusp of getting that all worked out. And so then I'm in the point where I can then set it up so that people could allocate themselves to an AB test and just see how it works and put some logging on there because I, I suspect that there are actually a lot of people who use dynamic type because it's just, it, it's a setting that, that, you know, you might cr kind of crudely refer to it as, as, as old person setting at some point you kind of said, well, you know, I, I'm having a hard time reading it without my reading glasses. Let me bump up the size. So I, I actually know lots of people who do it or even lots of young people, you know, who, who just wear thick glasses have, have don't have great vision. Um, so I'm excited to see how that works. I really am. So um, it'll be a little while before it sees the, the light of day to the public, but not that long. So well, I will I will sing and dance at the point when we, we get that out there and, and can start looking at some results. That's um, good to hear. I mean, I, I, I use the um, dynamic type sizes quite a lot. Um, I have it uh, as a control center setting too, so I can change it easily and regularly because um i only wear glasses for work and reading but um sometimes if i like if i've gone to bed my glasses are still on my office desk or they're downstairs or whatever so i'm not always wearing them or when i first wake up in the morning and i want to read the news on my phone or do something so i'm regularly sort of adjusting the size up when i don't have glasses and putting it back to where it would be normal when i do have my glasses on so any app that supports um adaptive uh, text is uh, gets a, a thumbs up from me Oh wow! All right, well, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, I, when I was using it, I think, wow, this is actually really great. And and I then watched rewatched some WWDC settings, um, and and I can see why people have been you know a little bit were slow to adapt it at first. 
um, because in order to do it, you had to basically, your choice was to, to use these predefined styles and then Apple would do all those things behind you. I mean, I, um, and I, they, I think they realized that lots of people <laughs> use their own custom fonts and there were ways of, of defining your styles, but it's, it's with a range of, of styles that, that they consider correct and, uh, you know, or whatever, the most common things like headings and twos and caption and body and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's something that say, if you're doing, you know, text layout for a, a technical publication or, you know, you're, you're doing, you know, you, you are used to working those kind of defined styles with, with, with CSS. In, in apps, it's less so. It's kind of like, you know, the designer says 18-point, you know, Helvetica bold, bold, that's what I'm doing. Anyway, so I'm happy to see that. And then the other thing uh, I managed to do was uh, record my talk for, for app builders coming up. And, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting doing a recording for it. I say that, you know, I've now come to realize that if I give a talk, there's always a certain amount of nervousness about it. And, and, but you, you really can't get yourself psyched up for doing it until you know, it's like you walk out on stage and there are people looking at you and, and you kind of like, you know, get the will to, to hopefully not make too many mistakes. And if you do, you have no choice, but to keep going through. And when you're doing it in front of a, you know, a phone in front of a monitor and trying to make it so that you can see what's on the, so that you can capture your video on the phone and you're not staring out into space, at least not all the time. And then still being able to see what, the, what, what your slides are with your speaker's notes and then get that whole thing seeming natural. Um, I think I did an okay job, but it's not something I would say, wow, this is a great experience. I want somebody to do it because it's just a lot more fun to watch me flapping around on stage and being able to, to, to riff. But on the other hand, it's uh it's done now. I don't have to worry about it. I think, uh, firstly, let me commend all the conferences that have uh, decided to keep going and do an online-only um, thing, uh, of which AppBuilders is one, and I'm involved in AppBuilders as well. Um, I think it's uh, it, it's good. Um, we regularly say that going to conferences isn't about the talks. Um, it's about the networking. Um, so... You know, it's going to be very interesting, and I think, yeah, I think a good example of that is, you know, if I go to WWDC as a conference with a ticket, I will go to probably far more sessions than I will ever catch up with on video afterwards, um, because I because I'm there. So I mean, so there is something to be said about being in the room as well as it's not about the talks. Now, the things that are really essential, uh, I will catch up with. Um, or I think are really important to my job right now, I will watch the dub dub video pretty soon to it, or you know, everyone watch the State of the Union, that sort of thing. But when I'm at a conference, I will go see talks that I wouldn't have necessarily chosen to go and see or watch on video. So I think um, one of the benefits of being somewhere and having a whole day set aside for it is you see stuff you wouldn't have otherwise seen, and it's those surprise discoveries, those that surprise learning, or just the surprise delight of a good presenter, even if the subject wasn't something for you, uh, which makes going to the conference really good. So it's going to be interesting to see this year where people are trying to create the conference experience, but with just videos, how that goes down. I suspect that, you know, my my suspicion is, let's talk about app builders, it's next Monday and Tuesday. Um, uh, well. Yeah, we're recording on Thursday afternoon, UK time, uh, App Builders on Monday. This episode probably won't come out till Monday because it's a holiday weekend. So I could say App Builders is on right now. There we are. <laughs> Go check it out. Um, there we are, the magic of podcasting. Uh, I suspect very few people who, even though they've bought tickets, are going to sit for two days and watch the online video. They're going to catch up with it later. Uh, maybe for the th- stuff they really want to see, 
because there's a Q&A session afterwards, they all will be on for that. So I think um, I think there, there's going to be value in what we get over the next few days. And I say I commend everyone who's doing it, but I think it won't be the same. But what I think it might do is rejuvenate uh, the physical conference because, um, you know, conferences back, you know, 10 years ago when I started NS Conference or 11 years ago, 12 years ago, 2009, I think the first one was, you know, there really were virtually no conferences um, within our within most of the developer industry anymore. I mean, there was the big ones still, but um, like dubbed up, but not little community ones. Um, and over the last 10 years, they, they really came back and they went through a big peak and, I would say for the last couple of years, maybe they've just had that feeling of being a little bit tired. Uh, but I think the fact that they've all disappeared this year, or at least the spring ones, maybe by autumn they'll be back, uh, it might just rejuvenate people's value of them to say, do you know what? I always say, you know, it's, you know, I could just watch the videos, but actually there is a value to be in there and I miss that value this year. So we might see a little bit of a resurgence because I know, some conferences have begun to struggle a little bit to sell tickets over the last couple of years for things. It's not like they just sell out like they used to. Um, so so maybe, uh, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, they say. Maybe we're going to get hmm. a little bit of a, a, a conference rejuvenation. Re, reju- rejuvenation. <laughs> I really, I really should. You know, English is my second language, so... <laughs> I have no idea what I'm babbling is your no, first. No, no, no. I'm not good enough for any of them to consider any of them a first language. <laughs> there we are. Uh-huh. So, uh, that's so talking to conferences, um, a couple of days ago, as we record, um, WWDC was announced later this year. Uh, it's the 22nd of June. Um, going to be all online. And after much debate on many podcasts about is it going to be a paid for event so that you know, they can limit access to labs and questions. It's a free for everybody. So this year, everybody can go to DubDub who wants to go to DubDub. Um, no more details than that yet about how you get on, but it's going to be, I'm fascinated to how they're going to um, make this work. Uh, because, you know, having, I know, I know they already got the, they've got the video streaming down already. I mean, because millions of people watch the videos as they're going out, especially the um, keynote and the State of the Unions. Uh, so they, they know how to do that. But, you know, there's there is talk of there's going to be Q and A and engineer time and you know really if this is an open thing to everybody how that's going to be managed? Do you you know is there going to be a you can sign up per session to try and get stuff? Is there just going to be general labs? I'm fascinated to see what's going to come out. So um, yeah, it's uh, I'm probably actually more excited about Dub Dub than I've been in a couple of years, even though it's not really on. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I, I I wonder. I was just I, how they might possibly do it. I mean, I think that m- my best guess is that they might say, "Okay, s- submit questions." They'll do it kind of like how they do "Ask Me Anything's," right? Where it's like anybody can submit a question, but there's going to be a deadline that's long enough in advance that that somebody can, can try and consolidate them to be able to get as many questions possibly answered. Okay, no, no. Let me stop you. How can you basically... how can you ask a question about uh, something that's that's new that you don't released. know is coming out yet. You know, but by this time of year, normally dub dub tickets are on sale. Um, right. And uh, there's even like a, often a, one of those, uh, you know, uh, almost partly filled in schedules where it says, you know, to, TBA to be announced or, or, or whatever all over the place. Right. Or, you know, some years they try and be funny and have, oh, you really want to check this one out, but we're not telling you yet type of stuff all over the place. And right. It's very hard to submit questions on that. So, 
Um, well, Scotty, I mean, it's like, hold on a second. There's, yes, there's, there's unannounced technologies, but there's plenty of questions that people have going into labs with existing stuff. So I think that they might be able to do something like that for, you know, saying for if you have questions on, re, you know, release technology, you might could do that. Um, and then, and then let's say they try to, to give a hint about what's going to be available starting Monday or Tuesday, and they give a day or two for, for that consolidation. Or they basically say that, you know, we're going to get information now and, and, and maybe in a follow-up, you know, in, a, in some time in the not-too-distant future, then they'll have some mechanism. Or maybe they'll basically say, hey, you know, with premium developer subscriptions, you get, you know, in the same way you have, you have one DTS or two DTS support incidents. Maybe they basically are going to try and do something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I think they, I think Apple, I, I trust their ability to be creative about it. And I think that they, they probably realize that, that the ability to answer these questions one-on-one -on -one or one-on small number of group is, is, is a prime reason and that, that, you know, they have a vested interest in making sure that, that, that people know how to implement the technology that they, they spend so much time, you know, working on. And interestingly, I've just gone to the Dub Dub website as you were talking. Uh, it says kicks off on the 22nd of June. It doesn't say how long it goes on for. Because, right. you know, obviously when it's a fixed conference, it says 22nd to 26th or whatever it is of right. June, where it just says 22nd of June, WWDC 20 takes off. Um, so maybe it goes on for a month. Maybe it goes on all year. I don't know. I mean, that's right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, so this is Scotty. a real opportunity. Dub Dub is a, an announcement place for things. Um, personally, as a, as a software developer, uh, I mean, you know, I, I can't, I don't, you know, I can't speak for Apple in any way at all, but for me as a software developer, being tied into this fixed time of the year when I have to release things is is not great. And one of the reasons they gave up Macworld was to not get tied in that way with hardware. Um, you know, this could be an opportunity for for Apple to break their own mold. You know, maybe maybe you know we're not going to see this big announcement of everything once a year after this year. Maybe I mean, obviously this year everything was being geared up for a physical conference before things happen. But, you know, maybe this is the things will change. Maybe we're going to see, we've started to see sometimes quite major new features coming out in point releases of iOS, um, which we never used to do. So, um, you know, maybe just the mold is going to break this year. Maybe we're just going to have an ongoing release cycle with ongoing education and, and stuff like the accessibility thing that came out the other day. So when something new comes out, um, just doing stuff across the year, I, I think as for developer learning, I much I would much prefer that. For the experience of being with lots of other developers in a great place, obviously that doesn't work. But for learning, you know, having this one summer to fix everything, or do everything, or meet everything, is is pants. You know, having a okay this this quarter this stuff came out, and next quarter we can plan on you know adapting that and then the following quarter something else i i personally would much prefer it that way but there we are who what do i know john what do i know bugger all i think is what people something. say bugger all is the answer yeah well scotty i'd say in the interest of 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 keeping your battery alive and keeping I, our audience john i am, I am, a, the... I am a pro here okay you your monologue was long enough that during one of them I, I left the room, I went downstairs to my battery charger, I took out the fresh batteries, I put them in my microphone, and it came back to my office, all without you even noticing. Oh, I did notice. I heard you completely, like, you know, going through the tool shed, <laughs> milking the goats. Yeah, but through the magic of editing, you know, w w none of, no one will ever know that. 
apart from I've just told them. Fine. <laughs> of course. So now, because you've said that, see, but because I wasn't recording at that point, because, you know, I, I, my battery had died, to be honest, you know, Sam now has to find tool shed sound effects and <laughs> things to, to keep, to, to keep the authenticity of this podcast at, at the level that we like. Okay, so who are you going to assign? Which of your underlings are you going to force to make the sound of a goat being milked? <laughs> Because it can't be Sam, because he can't produce his own audio effects, and you don't have that many people, so it, it could be it could be Tat. So, so Matt has to impersonate a goat being milked so that Sam can record him in in, in my new folio department, just for this podcast. Yeah, so your new folio. Department. Yeah, when you watch watch exactly. things at the end of movies, that how they made it. Yeah, there's 24 layers of sound in this in this scene. Is there, and all of them are Matt being milked. <laughs> well, there's our title, Matt being milked. <laughs> oh dear, I just don't even want to go there. It's terrible. Oh dear, I have no no idea how long we've been going on for now. Probably, I do. Uh, probably long enough. Yep. It's, uh... Well, okay, John. So, um, if people want to uh, congratulate you on the excellence and the beauty that you have brought to the world this week, where should they do that? Uh, well, they should they should hold off until I'm actually able to ship it. But they can encourage me to ship beauty in the world by finding me on Twitter, where I'm Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if they want to make sure that that you maintain your 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 brand promise with proper foley for our podcast, <laughs> where might they do that? Yeah, just don't bother. <laughs> It's no point. What you can do is you can send an audio clip too. Ah, okay. <laughs> that you would include it. There we are. <laughs> I challenge the listeners to send us audio clips and we will somehow integrate them into future podcasts. Yeah, but you know what the sound clips would be like? Please shut up. <laughs> will you shut <laughs> up? <laughs> Fortunately, we have so few listener that <laughs> that, will never that they they will get very bored of making um. <laughs> Making audio clips. If you would like to record some strange noise for the other listeners to identify that we can get Sam to edit into the podcast and each week people can try and identify the edited in noise, then please send it to feedback at iDeveloper.co because Sam really will enjoy that. Yeah. Not. And if you want to get hold of me, uh, Twitter, MacDevNet, uh, it is a, is a uh, humble and um, serene place to do that. So, John, I guess you need to go off and make important food-style videos now. Yep. I mean, I mean, this is just small stuff. This is my to side your gig. massive yeah. me- media empire in the food industry. Yeah. Um, so we will leave you to your uh, your important stuff. And uh, those of us who merely have to survive in the uh, in the sludge of tech <laughs> will uh, we'll stay here and do something else. Okay. But there we go. So, listener, if you are still with us, all I can do is apologize for this episode once again and say thank you for listening. And until next time, please, you do take care. Thank you.